A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Well, we're less than two months out from the World Test Championship final and we've got a squad to look at. It's Australia's test squad for that final and for the first two Ashes tests. And today on the Unplayable podcast, myself, Josh Onafinger and Jack Painter are going to dissect it. Jack, there's plenty to talk about in this 17-player squad. Hello, Josh. Yes, a couple of surprises there, are we saying, uh, potentially for that Ashes squad? Um, but yeah, Australia's all set to go for the World Test Championship final and the Ashes, uh, huge winter coming up here. So yeah, definitely a few surprises. I'm going to run through the squad now. Obviously, all the big names are there, as you would expect from that India tour that took part in the Border Gavaskar Trophy. But the inclusions are Mitchell Marsh, Josh Inglis and Marcus Harris. Left out, Peter Hanscombe, Cameron Bancroft, Michael Nisa, Lance Morris with injury, unfortunately, and Matthew Kuhneman, the left arm spinner. Jack, when we look at this squad as a whole, set all 17 players, are there any that really surprise you in terms of the inclusions or the omissions? Uh, a little bit surprised, I guess, at the, the Marsh uh, inclusion. He's been sort of off the radar for a little bit, but I guess that's potentially through injury, um, having that uh, ankle surgery and missing the big bash over the over the summer. Uh, but I guess everything's pretty stock standard. I, I think they've got that many players in form at the moment that they'd find it hard to fit all of them into a squad of 17, like a couple of omissions there, Cameron Bancroft, Pete Hanscom, Michael Nisa, all playing well. Um in their respective states and then also in, in the county, uh, early in the county season. So I guess once you sort of look at that, it's hard to fit them all in, especially if you're wanting to take a reserve wicket keeper like Josh Inglis across uh, for such a, a long tour. And he's also p- potentially a backup uh, batter as well because he's performed quite strongly throughout the domestic season here. Well, Mitch Marsh is probably the biggest bolter or the biggest surprise in this squad. But the National Selection Panel Chair, George Bailey, said that he's not just there as a backup for Cameron Green and there is the potential of the two playing in the same 11. Let's hear what George Bailey had to say. Yeah, I think that's that's a potential, absolutely. Um, you know, as you look through that squad, there's a, there's a couple of guys uh, with the ability to bat through that middle, which is where you'd look look to bat Mitch as well. Um, so, yeah, the, but that's um, that's on the cards. It'll be uh, yeah, it'd be exciting exciting times if you could start to, to squeeze in um, two or three all rounders um, into your top six if they were if they were batting well enough. Yeah, so Mitch Marsh he's, he missed a, a fair chunk of the summer with uh, that ankle surgery, but he came came back uh, towards the end of WA's season. He hit a, an amazing hundred for WA in their Shield match against Tasmania. Uh, was unbeaten in that innings. Played in the Marsh Cup as well before heading over to Australia's tour of India. He's now in the IPL and he's returned to bowling, which is a positive sign for Australia. So you talk about only having four quicks in the squad. He could potentially play a role as another seamer there. Uh, it is interesting. He did take uh, five wicket hauls, seven wickets for the match in his last test 
So he is a, a viable bowling option at, at test level. So uh, big inclusion and uh, potentially George Bailey flagged uh, that he could play in the same side as Cameron Green. Wouldn't we love to see that? A couple of uh, big all-rounders in the Aussie test side, but I'm not sure how you'd fit him into the, the top six at the moment with all those uh, players batting so well. So it uh, be interesting to see if he can play somewhat of a role through the Ashes or whether he's just there in case Cameron Green goes down with injury or can't bowl for a particular reason. I mean, Marsh has only played one first-class match in the last two years, so for his only match to be a not-out century, that's a pretty good record to be running in with, I would reckon. Um, only four quicks. Now, that's out-and-out quicks, I guess, selected in this squad. You've got Green and Marsh now there as the backups, but that 2019 squad that went to England, there were five quicks. Well, with Cummins, Hazelwood, Stark, Siddle and Pattinson, and they were all used at different points of that series to good effect. On this one, they've just gone with the four, uh, and I found that a little bit surprising given how much and well how much success Quicks have had over there in the past and how important they are to cricket in England. Yeah, that was a little bit surprising. Uh, I guess one thing working in their favour is they will have Michael Nisa over there who's playing with Glamorgan throughout uh, the county season. So if they did need another quick or had an injury, um, they could quite easily call him up. He's only a, a short drive away. Uh, the other thing I think is um, potentially by not naming him in that uh, Ashes squad, they allow him to play a bit longer for Glamorgan, whereas if he was in the squad, he'd probably have to assemble with Australia prior to the World Test Championship final or um, the first test, um, whereas by not naming in the squad, it gives Glamorgan a little bit more certainty and they don't rush to sign a replacement for, for him knowing that he's going to be with the Australian squad. Another guy who was right on the cusp is Matthew Renshaw, had a fantastic Australia A tour of New Zealand, as we've spoken about on this podcast. And even though he didn't score any runs in India, uh, George Bailey said that he was always in the frame for this tour, given his record in England. And even though he doesn't have a county deal for this year, as unintuitive as it sounds, it probably works in his favour for this particular squad. Yeah, it kind of works the opposite as to what the, the Nisa one does because uh, if they left him out of the squad, he wouldn't have any cricket. He'd be stuck in Australia sort of training um, back back in Queensland and it's a long uh, long trip across if they did need to call him in for at some point during the Ashes. Uh, he also wouldn't have had much cricket. He'd be, I guess, yeah, Queensland is a little bit different to the southern states where you can sort of train all through winter, but uh, most of the other players are on leave or they're doing their preseason stuff. Um, so be on a different schedule to him. So I think by having him in the uh, in the squad, they can keep him around, training, practice games, that kind of stuff. And then also they've got Pete Hanscom and Cameron Bancroft uh, playing county cricket. Or initially, like in the early early part of the season, they've got them playing county cricket. Uh, so they're there if they need to call upon them as well. Bailey also pointed to Renshaw's versatility, didn't he, as why he was picked in this squad because he can bat anywhere in the top six. Yeah, it was quite interesting, George Bailey's comments about uh, the inclusion of Matthew Renshaw for the, the Ashes squad and how they have uh, Cameron Bancroft and Pete Hanscom already over there. So we might play a little bit of that now and you can hear from George Bailey as to why Matthew Renshaw was included uh, and where they see him in terms of their plans for the Ashes. We like Matt Renshaw. I um, think he provides good flexibility for us. Um, like the skill set that he brings uh, through the middle, we also know he can bat at the top, so there's good flexibility there for us. Um, the one thing that we found, well, we have found over a number of years, but certainly on the back of uh, the Sri Lankan tour last year, was that it's um, 
challenging to bring guys out of a winter where you're not doing playing any cricket and then expect them to try and um, perform if they if they're needed internationally. So um, um, and Renners is, is having the the winter off um, from being over in the UK. Um, so important to have him there and get some cricket into him. So, so in a weird way, is it um, fair to say then that the likes of Hanscom and Bancroft who are playing county cricket almost counts against them because they're there anyway in a strange way? Uh, no, no, it doesn't. No, um, no, Renners is um, uh, ahead of them at the moment for us. Um, yeah, we, we like like the way he plays, like the way he goes about it. Um, you know, tough, tough tour and his opportunities in India, but um, we like the skill set that he brings in, in the UK. Also a really good show of faith for Marcus Harris, who was left out of that India tour squad. Um, but he's started the county season with strong form for Gloucestershire with a century, and now he's back in the Ashes squad as well. And he's there in case, I guess, anything happens to Kawaja or Warner, but according to George Bally, he's very much still the backup for those two experienced openers. Yeah, strong comments from Bailey, uh, George Bailey, when they announced that uh, men's contract list around Marcus Harris being more preferred in English conditions, New Zealand conditions, and uh, at home here in Australia. So uh, it was always expected that he'd be the backup to those two, uh, David Warner and Usman Kawaja. And yeah, he, he's turned it on for Gloucestershire over the past two seasons. He started this season with the a big 100 and a, a 59, I think, as well. So, yeah, he's in uh, good touch. And I th- he was up up there in the Sheffield Shield uh, top run scorers as well behind Bancroft and, and a few others, uh, Daniel Drew as well. So, yeah, he's been in, in quite some good form ever since. Uh, he's, he was dropped out of that test uh, side during the last Ashes series in Australia. So this squad of 17 players, this encompasses the World Test Championship final on June 7 and the first two Ashes tests at Edgebaston and Lords. However, the World Test Championship squad will need to be refined to 15 players uh, by the end of next month, I believe. That's an ICC rule. And then it's just a squad for the first two Ashes tests. So it does give Australia a bit of leeway if things don't go to plan in the opening two tests of the series. They can you know, chop and change and make a few changes and it just gives them a little bit of leeway if they need to do anything drastic in case they get bazballed. Yeah, there is. And I think uh, you'd expect one of those players to be left out of the, the final 15 for the World Test Championship final would be uh, Todd Murphy. I wouldn't imagine you'd take two spinners into that. Uh, it was quite surprising, actually, that they did take uh, two spinners into the Ashes squad as well. I don't think we've seen that previously over the past couple of tours, uh, especially to England. Uh, but I guess he was another one who he was another one who would have been here in Australia having uh, not got a county deal. He was linked with with Durham for a little bit. Now they've got Matthew Kuhneman. So uh, I think by taking him over there, they can keep him sort of training, uh, match simulation, that kind of stuff, and, and have him around should something happen to, to Nathan Lyon throughout the series. All right, let's go over and have a look at the county cricket and what the Aussies have been doing over there. Well, in the first round, uh, we had two centuries and three five-wicket hauls. Yes, as we mentioned, Marcus Harris, 148 in Gloucestershire's first up match. Peter Hanscom got a century for Leicestershire as well in their victory in the first round. Five-wicket hauls to Chris Tremaine for Northamptonshire, Nathan McAndrew for Sussex and Sean Abbott for Surrey. And then just this week in the match completed, uh, we saw Matthew Kuhneman take a five-wicket haul as Durham 
secured an outright victory. So a very strong start to a lot of the Aussies who are playing their trade over there in England this winter. Absolutely, yeah. It's quite a a big representation of uh, players over there at the moment. It's going to be added to shortly with the arrival of Steve Smith at Sussex as well. Uh, Fortunately, you won't see Lance Morris for Northamptonshire uh, due to that injury. But yeah, plenty of Aussies around and it might uh, work in Chris Tremaine's favour who has started the season on fire for North Ants with um, plenty of wickets uh, and the word is they love him over there. So they're hoping they'll be able to keep him for a little bit longer. But yeah, as you said, plenty of uh, strong performances across the board and that that's uh, 100 by Pete Hanscom and, and the 68 in the second innings as well to beat uh, Yorkshire who were touted as the favourites for um, Division 2 this year and they've got a, quite a strong side but that was a, a big win for, for them and uh, yeah, it's great to see so many Aussies doing so well in the early stages of the uh, county season and it would have made you know picking that Ashes squad uh, all that little bit harder for George Bailey and his his team. Yeah, it certainly would have. Uh, for county fans, exciting times with Marnus Labashane and Michael Nisa coming in for their first matches of the season uh, this weekend actually for Glamorgan. So they're back in action. Steve Smith won't play for Sussex until May, so a little bit of time until we see him over there playing against the Dukes. Um, but exciting times nonetheless. Hopefully the Aussies keep doing well and pushing their name forward for national selection. Uh, Let's jump over to India where the IPL is on and a few of the Aussies have been doing well, started slowly, but now some big performances, including a nice one overnight from the $3 million man, Cameron Green. Yeah, the performances have picked up from the last podcast, which is a good sign. Uh, Cameron Green, he seems to be finding his feet in the IPL. He had a, a bit of a tough start, a tough initiation, but uh, he was in the runs last night. A couple of crucial not outs before that. Um, him and Tim David got Mumbai home to one of their victories as well. So uh, positive signs for him. Uh, great to see him, uh, you know, we're really getting a glimpse of, of what he did in that T20 series in India last September. And now he's starting to show that in the IPL IPL as well. Um, so it's good to see. The surprise packet there for me, though, has been Jason Berendorf, um, someone who hasn't uh, traditionally been effective in the IPL. He's played a little bit of it uh, here and there, but yeah, he has uh, started really strongly. He's taking a lot of wickets for Mumbai and he's been quite crucial to their uh, three wins on the trot now. He's swinging the ball up front, taking wickets uh, in the power play and uh, providing a really crucial option for Rohit Sharma there. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, we've also seen your boy, Matt Short, who was a late inclusion for Punjab. He's done some good things with uh, 71 runs in three matches so far. And Adam Zampa's an interesting one. He's just played the last two matches for Rajasthan Royals, uh, who are sitting pretty on top of the ladder with four wins and a loss. But they're playing him in tandem with two other quality spinners in Chahal and Ashwin. And so it's a three-pronged, sorry, a three-pronged spin attack that's doing it for the Royals and it's working for them so far. Yeah, I did. I uh, was working a shift the other day and it was just after Zampa played his first game. And uh, yeah, three-pronged spin, spin attack. He was sort of the, the backup there at the initial stages, but I think they've found a, a bit of a combination where they can get both leg spinners, uh, him and Shahal, into the into the team, which is good for us Aussie supporters because we get to see Adam Zampa play. Um, but yeah, he's, he, he's not someone who has played a lot of IPL cricket over over his career so far, but um, you know, if he's, he's in sort of the form of his career at the moment, so if he can break into to that side and it performs strongly, then it's only going to bode well going forward for him in, in future seasons as well. 
We've also seen good performances from Australia's middle-order men, Marcus Stoinis and Glenn Maxwell, who are playing at Lucknow and Bangalore, respectively. They're both striking about 150 so far after five matches. And there was a match where I think they went head-to-head and combined for 12 or 13 sixes or something ridiculous. So it's been a good start to the season for those guys as well. 11 sixes it was, yeah. They were sort of going toe-for-toe uh, toe a little bit there. And uh, Stoinis's uh, Lucknow Supergiant's got the chocolates there. It's been a tough uh, few games for Royal Challengers Bangalore. They've got a star-studded top order, but uh, they just haven't been able to put the icing on the cake and get over the line. They've had a couple of close losses. So, uh, but yeah, Maxwell is, is going quite well. He's hitting the ball cleanly as ever. Uh, seems to have really uh, found his feet since coming back from that uh, broken leg. So um, it's getting better and better as the tournament goes on and with each match as it progresses. So, yeah, well, another team that will be hoping it gets better and better for them as the tournament goes on will be the Delhi Capitals, who are sitting on the bottom with five losses from five matches. They've got Ricky Ponting at the helm and David Warner captaining that side, uh, but things just haven't gone to plan for them so far. Warner's got 228 runs uh, with 350, so he's been scoring plenty of runs, uh, but there have been some question marks over his strike rate at 117. However, he hasn't been getting much support from his top order, so to put the blame on him would be probably a little unfair, I would say. No, it's been a tough start for uh, David Warner there in his captaincy sort of tenure this season. Um, but yeah, he just hasn't had someone to sort of bat with him and they've been in, I guess, early wickets trouble. So I guess that hasn't helped his strike rate all that uh, that much, uh, losing wickets early. So hopefully he can turn it around and we can see you know, uh, the David Warner of old ahead of uh, the Ashes uh, this winter. And great to see the Aussie Quicks over there doing well as well. Nathan Ellis, five wickets in three matches for Punjab and Riley Meredith at Mumbai Indians who has come in and made an impact with five wickets as well so far. So great to see a couple of Tassie boys doing well over there in the IPL lights. He's been used as the impact player for uh, for Mumbai, Riley Meredith. So uh, that's a new rule they've got this season, the IPL, where it's kind of like the big bash X factor, but it's a bit more flexible. And he's sort of been com- or he's been playing the bowling innings, and it's probably an ideal gig for him. He gets to run in and bowl fast, and then doesn't have to worry about batting. So uh, he's he's doing well there. But uh, yeah, Jofra Archer is also in that squad, but he's been injured uh he's having a little bit of trouble with his elbow that he had surgery on so they're hopeful of getting him back uh for the next one or two games um which be good uh i guess not so good for the australian batters heading into the ashes but um yeah it'd be good so it's good to watch him run in and bowl fast and hopefully we can see him uh Riley Meredith bowling tandem. Well, yeah, the cricket fans in us always want to see those sort of guys playing regardless of what team they're on because uh, it always makes entertaining viewing. Jack, that's all the time we've got on this edition of the Unplayable Podcast. That World Test Championship final is on June 7, so we'll be counting down the days until then, but plenty more cricket to happen in the meantime and plenty more episodes of the Unplayable Podcast as well to keep you up to date on the latest cricket action all around the world. Plenty of cricket coming up with uh, another round of county action this weekend and and plenty of IPL on every night. So uh, it's always a good time of year.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.